All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm Terry Lin here with Travis Marziani, where he just went to VidCon. So today we're going to talk about kind of what happened at that conference, uh, who it's for, and some key takeaways. So Travis, what's going on? I guess the big thing is I did just go to VidCon, and it's I, I think a lot of people have this perception that it's just for like kids to go meet their favorite YouTube stars. Not at all. There's a lot of really cool creators there, and I got to meet a lot of interesting people doing cool YouTube channels, so that was good networking. Gotcha. So in terms of like the audience, is it mostly like creators or like internet marketers or what's, because I know you've been to like New Media Expo and a couple of things like that. So how is that crowd different than VidCon? So I will explain first that uh, at, when, at VidCon at the Anaheim Convention Center, there's three levels. The first floor level is where all the kids go. So it is mostly kids on the bottom level, but you don't spend any time there. So if you go to the second level, the creator pass, it is it's really any, anything and everything. Like I met so many people that were just starting out. They don't really know a lot about internet marketing. I met a lot of people that have you know YouTube channels of under a hundred people, but I also met a lot of people that have you know hundred thousand plus subscriber YouTube channels. Yeah, it's funny. Like you remember whenever new technologies come out, they're like, oh, like there's no such thing as a radio star and oh, there's YouTube. Like this, no one's ever gonna be famous on YouTube. And you look at like a thing like VidCon where there's like you know, hundreds of thousands of like teenage fans looking at like Jenna Marbles or like all these weird people that are making videos and you're just like, wow. Yeah, there was one of the most striking moments for me was I was getting some food because they had some food trucks like out in front of the uh, convention center and there was some kid, probably about 13 years old, pretty goofy looking kid walking down and he was surrounded by like five or six security guards slash police officers and I'm like, who is this kid? And some girl runs up and is like, oh my God, can I get a picture with you? And this this dorky looking kid is like, no, like leave me alone. And I'm just thinking, like it, when I was a kid, that, that didn't really happen. Like if you were if you were a good looking little you know kid, maybe you're famous because you're like a famous movie star, but it was just so surprising. What are the biggest reasons someone should go to this or who should kind of pay attention to this conference? I really think anyone that has any kind of interest in doing content a content strategy from this year going forward should go to VidCon next year. It was it's a great experience and I really think that a lot of people in the past would have blogs. I think the tendency is going more towards having a YouTube channel or having an Instagram channel or having something of this nature. And I've found in my own experience, I've been doing a lot of research trying to find out like different dance blogs and there's not very many good quality dance blogs, but there's a lot of good quality YouTube channels. So to answer your question, anybody that's looking to have a sustainable content strategy going forward, VidCon is potentially for you. What well, if you're doing video content, right? Or are you saying like all other content channels too? Well, my thought is that any channel that you're doing, you should start doing video content. Obviously, if you're you have no interest in ever doing video content and for whatever reason your topic won't work, but I'll tell you actually a quick story. There is a guy that I met there who's making a ton of money and he has a YouTube channel all about how to take care of your swimming pool. And I mean, that's not like a very, you know, viral type video thing, but he's making, uh, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but I can tell he's doing very well. And it's all just because he does videos. Here's how you add chlorine to your pool. Here's how you do this. And I think 95% of the people listening to this right now, you could do some kind of YouTube channel that would help your brand get some eyeballs to it. And he's using that as an upsell, as like a content marketing thing, where like, hey, you know, here's how you add chlorine, by the way, if you want me to do it, call my number. 
here is that what he's doing or is it just pure ad re revenue that he's making money off of i think he's doing both i think he um i think he also sells some supplies and stuff like that i'd have to double check but i know he's doing well gotcha gotcha all right cool so i guess what are the four important points you kind of wrote some down here about um what you learned from vidcom so let's go through those real quick so the four most important points that you heard over and over again at VidCon is collaborate, consistency, community, and quality. So the first one is collaboration. So this is assuming, of course, you have some kind of channel. I mean, if you're just starting out, there's a whole different podcast you should listen to or you should uh, you know, learn some of the basics. But once you have a YouTube channel and you have a few videos in there, collaboration is the key to growing your channel. And what I mean by that is, let's say... I, my company, B Dancewear, has a YouTube channel. We find another YouTube channel, we're in the process of doing this right now, like another YouTube channel that maybe she's a, a dancer and her videos are all about how to teach people how to dance. And we say, hey, we'd like to make a video for your channel where we make you a custom dance costume and maybe you can make a video for our channel where you teach our people how to dance better. So you guys help each other out, basically. So it's like a video guest post, essentially. A hundred percent. And the good thing about it is for me personally, and probably a lot of the listeners, I told them like, look, we don't have a ton of subscribers. We only have about 500 subscribers, but we have a huge email list. We have a pretty popular blog. So if you let us guest do a guest uh, video for your YouTube channel, we're going to send an email to all of our email subscribers. We're going to put a blog post. We'll put a pin on our Pinterest board. We'll do all this kind of stuff. And when I emailed her, uh, she responded the other day. She was super excited. She's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Like, I'm super pumped to do it. Gotcha. So when you say collab, you're not saying like you're going to be in the same video together. You're doing like just like a guest. Because I've seen other YouTubers do this where they actually like fly to L.A. and then they do a video together in the same room. That's like a different kind of collab. right? And that's great if you can do it. My opinion is that's not always easy to do. It is easier for me since we are in L.A., but even for us, we're in the suburbs. You know, do we really want to drive 45 minutes to go do a video? Maybe. No. Well, I guess it depends on your personality. But like some of these personality-based channels, it makes sense for them to do that, I guess, right? But I guess for like a business channel, it may or may not. Yeah, and sense, I could, I in an ideal situation, my mom would be there with her and saying like, oh, okay, we're going to DIY a dance costume for you. And throughout the video, she's like, oh, well, what about this? And what about that? Like, you know, asking questions. But my thought is a lot of people listening to this aren't going to be able to find YouTube YouTubers close to them. It's not always easy to do. One tip that I got through VidCon is either look for meetup groups or Facebook groups that are local to your area. And this works if you're in a bigger metropolitan city. So for instance, you could do New York YouTube groups or start up your own groups. Like one of the biggest things I've done this year to grow my network is I started my own meetup group. Uh, my meetup group's all about e-commerce, but you could do a meetup group all about YouTube and then basically you'll get people coming to you that are interested in collaboration. And then as the group leader, you can say, hey, let's do a JV video with, you know, everyone here and you can start calling shots. Kind of guest Absolutely. Posting. Absolutely. And on top of that, while you're looking for different channels to do guest posts on, you don't need to just necessarily uh, send them a cold email right away. A really great strategy is leave comments on other videos and channels regularly. So if I were to find a dancer that I really thought was you know, a great match for our channel, someone that I thought we could collaborate with. Every time they post a video, you'd be one of those people that comments says, wow, I love your videos. You're doing this really well. Share their stuff. I mean, I every time we have a comment on our one of our YouTube channels, probably everybody in our company reads it. 
everyone that um, handles at least customer care because it's not a very common thing. And, and when someone asks a question or someone leaves a comment, it makes you feel good because you put a lot of work into these videos. So the idea is do this for other channels and then they'll probably be more receptive to collaborating with you. And yeah, not to get too off tangent, but one of the sessions I went to was actually women on YouTube. And part of the reason I went to it was because I'm, you know, I'm working with my mom's channel and she's a woman on YouTube. But the big takeaway from that meeting is a lot of these women feel like, oh, there's so many negative comments being left. And at the end, they passed around like a sign up sheet and there was this whole big movement like, let's all comment on each other's videos. And so we can all support each other. And to see the smiles on their faces and the passion as they're all like had this idea about, oh, let's all comment on each other's videos. You can do that on your own. You know, you don't need to necessarily start a movement. Just reach out and give a little bit of love. Yeah, we could do kind of Ryan Holiday, make fake accounts and comment on your own channel. To make it you could do that. You could do that as well, but that's. I don't think that'll. Yeah, it's uh, not get you as far. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I guess at VidCon, all these traders, how many are actually like making decent money? Can you tell? Uh, I I wouldn't be able to tell you off the top of my head. I mean, my thought was probably ten percent are making decent money. That if I had to guess, that was a big surprise to me. Is how many people had were at VidCon and either hadn't started a channel or you know had under a hundred subscribers. It was surprising that they'd spend the money to come there, but I think it's a, a good investment to make. Yeah, because uh, just my hunch, I know it wasn't there, but I get the feeling there's a lot of these people that are like, oh, they're chasing the dream to be like a YouTube style where like, you know, 20 years ago, it used to be like, I want to move to LA and be an actor. But now it's like, no, I want to have a YouTube channel and do it out of my living yeah. room. Yeah, and you can, to be fair, like not to judge a book by their cover, but a lot of times you can look at someone and say, all right, this person's trying to, you know, have a famous fashion blog and you can look at someone else and say, all right, that guy doesn't look like he belongs here. He must be doing well uh, if he's going to actually be here, you know? Yeah, yeah. How much is a ticket anyways? A ticket's about 175 bucks if you get the early bird, so it's really cheap. Yeah, it's not that bad at all. It was more expensive to get a hotel. Yeah, all right, so let's get back on top of then. So um, collaboration, anything else to add here? I mean, I would just recommend make a spreadsheet of all the different channels that you'd like to collaborate with. Start commenting, you know, I have a spreadsheet basically and every time I comment, I update the date last commented and if I see, oh, I haven't commented on this person's channel in two weeks, time to leave another comment or do something like that. So that, that'd be my recommendation. Yeah, you can get notifications on different channels now too on your phone or iPad. I just saw that last week and I turned them on for a couple of channels that I usually like watching. Um, so you, you set these alert and then just comment right after you watch it. Cause like As soon as they post it, they'll send you an alert and then you just watch it and be like the first to comment. They'll think you're awesome for being such a loyal watcher. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'd also say try to hit um, blog or YouTube channels that have between a thousand and maybe fifty thousand or so subscribers, or you know maybe up to a hundred thousand. But don't try to collaborate with those three million subscriber people. They don't have time for you, probably. Yeah. So what's the sweet spot to be like a decent channel? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, I've heard ten thousand, but that's just what I've heard. So I don't know the real numbers. Yeah, I know 10,000 gets you into the YouTube co-working spaces, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in New York, Tokyo, LA, or London, I think, and you just use their stuff. And, and I think at that point, at 10,000, all the low people respect you, and all the higher people see, hey, this person's actually doing something right. Like, give them some time, and they'll probably be doing pretty well. Yeah, because like, if you have like 100 subscribers, and you're asking someone with like 100,000 to do it, 
collab you're like yeah like are you still gonna be around in like two months but by episode 50 you're like yeah sure i mean after 50 episodes they probably don't have a huge audience but you know that if this person's done it for 50 episodes they'll probably do it for another 50. so the consistency is the other thing you constantly hear at vidcon and it's basically if you're gonna post a video once a week post it every time at the same time and the analogy they use is i don't actually watch game of thrones but for all the game of thrones people out there I think it's like Sundays at, let's just say Sundays at nine o'clock. If every Sunday at nine o'clock, that's the highlight of your day. If one Sunday you showed up and it just wasn't on, you'd be pissed. In fact, you might not come back next week to watch it. So the idea is your YouTube channel is just like your favorite TV show. And if you don't have a consistency that people can rely on, it's not, it's not that exciting. It's, it's, it doesn't have that thrill. People are going to look forward to seeing one of your new videos all week long or all day long, depending on how often you post it. Be consistent and tell people at the end of your video, hey, new videos every Sunday so they know, oh, okay, this person's going to have a new video for me next week. I better come back. Yeah, I used to watch uh, the show 24 a lot. Uh, it was like a counter-terrorist show from like 2005-ish to like, 2000, to like a couple years ago. And basically every episode was an hour in a day and the whole season was one day. And like there's, there's sometimes it'd be like, Fourth of July or like you know Thanksgiving, and they would stop the show for for a week, and I'd be so pissed. I'd be like, no, I have to wait another week to find out what happens. South Park did something like that similar a few years ago, where they just decided not to show an episode one time. I forget what happened, and you know people went crazy. They're like, oh my god, I hate this show so much. But the idea is, if you can kind of train people in a Pavlovian way, hey, every Sunday we have a new episode, you're gonna get a lot more views than if it's kind of like new episodes whenever I feel like it. Yeah, so it's not just consistency in content, it's your messaging of the whole channel too, essentially. Yeah, and that's another thing is people talked about is, you know, your your voice, your attitude, your intro, your thumbnails, they should all kind of convey this same message. So people know, okay, if I go to the Be Dancewear channel, I'm not gonna learn how to make a leather jacket and biker gloves to you know beat up a bunch of hell's angels they know that they're there for dance clothing all right so let's move on to community then so where do we start with this one so the community is kind of what we were talking about earlier it's really you're not just building a channel that people watch so this is where the tv analogy starts to break apart because on tv you watch a video you you know maybe you talk about it the next day at the water cooler but the difference is on youtube you're growing this audience of people that love your show and they'll comment they'll leave comments and they'll have discussions with each other so the idea is you want to help like fan the flames for that so one of the things that i heard that i really liked is leave things open-ended so maybe you could have a video so one thing i really want to do is start uh, an e-commerce youtube channel and talk about like e-commerce every week so an idea that i might do is have something like you know the best way to do paid ads is XYZ, but some people think the best way to do paid ads is ABC. What do you think? Tell me about your experience about paid ads and leave it in the comments below. And that kind of gets people like, no, Travis, you're wrong, but they don't, they don't say you're wrong because I'm saying, oh, I think this, you might think this, tell me, let's, let's have a conversation. It's not just, here's my way, and if you don't believe me, uh, you're wrong. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, but do people actually comment from that? Because I feel like whenever I see that, like, I feel like it's just trying to bait me into like commenting something. No, to be fair, I feel exactly the same way. But a lot of people do comment, and imagine if it's a someone that you really, you know, you're really interested in. Maybe if Gary V had a question and it really sticks with you. So the paid ads thing, it might not really be good for you. But if you watched a Gary V episode and he's like 
if you have a online store podcast and you tell me what you think about this thing, you might be like, oh, I gotta I gotta respond to that because that really hits home for me. Yeah, and he, his actually his right hooks are pretty like interesting. He goes like, leave a comment below or I'll be pissed and like blah blah blah. And like, and you're like, all right, cool, I'll, I'll do it then. Like, maybe I'll say hello and. Yeah, so I mean, the, the whole idea was really try to encourage people to leave comments. Another thing, and this is just a thought I had, is, well, one, of course, you're trying to grow your email subscribers. You want to have an upsell, not an upsell, but like some kind of content that you can give away to get emails because who knows, two years from now, YouTube might go bankrupt or any weird thing. But if you own those emails, you can say, hey, I know YouTube's gone, but I started a new channel on MeTube. So come check out my new channel over here. The idea is if you can get people to convert into emails, then you're able to let that you own that audience. Uh, speaking of which, if you haven't gotten the, the seven tips for a better e-commerce store, you should go to buildmyonlinestore.com and get the email. Yeah, so <laughs> nice little subtle jab there. Uh, so, <laughs> so I guess how many of these creators at VidCon were savvy about like email marketing and all this stuff? Because I feel like this is kind of over their head. Yeah, mostly uh, th this is where I feel like I got way more benefit out of it than most people. Even some people with millions of subscribers, they don't know about any of this. Like there's people that were there that had millions of subscribers and were making less money than people I knew that had like 20,000 subscribers. So people don't know necessarily how to monetize their channel properly. And I think as e-commerce owners, we know a lot about email marketing and how to monetize people. So one of the thoughts I had is like, we're going to do a DIY guide for the Be Dancewear. And it's going to be like, hey, if you want to get our full complete DIY, dance costume DIY guide, click here or go to our URL. There, there was a YouTube guy, one of their directors I saw once that did like CPC, CPM ad inventory. And he was saying, look, like there's so many videos on YouTube now that we can't possibly fill all the inventory with ads. So CPM is going down. So as a creator, like if you're banking on money to make a living off of just ads it's almost like idiotic it should be like youtube's the brand channel but then you do like sponsorships like i justine or like you know whatever stuff like you have an e-commerce store that kind of you know makes money on the back end or youtube is just your content site and i guess maybe that guy that's how that guy had a million subscribers but he didn't know how to make money out because he didn't have a nice back end to kind of monetize that yeah, and I mean, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of how to monetize like different content. Like I met one guy that makes most of his money off Amazon affiliate links because he has a DIY channel where he sells power tools. But the, the key for this kind of bringing it around full circle is if you're an e-commerce store owner, you should be selling yourself. You should be selling your brand. You should be selling all that. And what better way to do that than by promoting your website and trying to get emails, basically. Yeah, and, and I guess it's good for you because... I guess your mom's a face server company, but you can do the behind the scenes stuff. So you're not both of that at the same time. Whereas I think most people, if they're the store owner and they got to do videos, it's like, oh, it's a lot of work. Yeah, my thought is you don't need to go all in right away. I mean, even our videos aren't perfect. Like there's so much I could do to make it better. But I mean, speaking of Eric at Beard Brand, didn't he start doing videos with his iPhone? Yeah, I think like the first one was just with his laptop or like his iPhone. It does, it, unless you're a multi-million dollar company, people aren't expecting high quality, high production quality from you. I think just get started is my big take or another one of my big takeaways from this. And then as you begin to make money off the YouTube, you can kind of start to put more money back into it. More and more people are using mobile. YouTube said that they're now considering themselves a, a mobile app as opposed to just a website. And they said about half of all the traffic is coming from mobile. On my personal site, 
it's about like 70%. And the second thing is annotations aren't really mobile friendly. So you start using the cards. They have like a new uh, feature out that's these cards and those are friendly across all platforms. I haven't used them yet. I really should. So I'm going to I'll work on that and I'll update you guys in a few weeks. Yeah, when I say mobile, I've been using YouTube a lot on my phone too. Like when I'm like going to, you know, before I sleep, I'll like look at some videos and you know, kind of just dick around on YouTube a little bit. Or like when you're in the taxi or like, you know, in a bus or like traffic or something. Yeah. Like. And when I was in China, actually, I noticed everybody, I assume it was YouTube or the China version of YouTube, basically, it probably was the China version of YouTube. Everybody was watching videos on their giant phones. And I, when I looked, when I was on the subway in Shanghai, I imagine they're kind of predicting our future because just everything seemed like they're a little bit more technologically advanced, if you will. So I assume that in the future, people are just going to be sitting there looking at YouTube videos on their huge phones. So what about cards? I want to go into this a little bit too. Yeah, so the cards are, if you've ever seen videos that have like a little eye in the upper right-hand corner, um, if you click on that eye, it slides out this whole thing, and it's like these different cards. It's hard to explain, but basically it's... it scrolls out this whole little section where people can click onto different videos or to your website, et cetera, et cetera. And annotations supposedly, I haven't tested this out at all, don't work on mobile. And like I said, about 70% of my traffic or so is from mobile. So they can't even use my annotations. The sound of it, annotations won't ever come to mobile. It'll always be these cards. It makes it cleaner. Because like you've seen the YouTube, even my YouTube channels, they have too many like annotations. It looks kind of cheesy, but that little card makes it so it's like a little eye that's like half invisible. So it just kind of blends in with the screen. But if you want more information, yeah, you can click on that and get more information. So I got to work on that. All right. So let's move into quality then. How do we get started with this one? So there's so much I could talk about here. I mean, obviously, if you can get a, I mean, start out with a, a iPhone, build your way up to like a DSLR type camera, get good audio. Uh, that was a big takeaway too is Audio's super important, but let's get into some quick tidbits. One of the things I learned that I found that a lot of channels that were successful had is do a quick intro. So what I mean by that is like, in this video today, I'm gonna teach you about how to do paid ads for your e-commerce store. That's just a quick intro, you know what it's talking about. Then you can go into some kind of hook maybe. You could say, stick around till the end to find out uh, my number one secret. And that kind of entices people because right away they're like, oh, what's this secret gonna be? And then you kind of go into maybe like some little, you know, intro, like um, almost like a, the beginning of a TV show would be or something like that. You know, make it really short, three seconds. And then you can kind of come back, introduce yourself like, hi, I'm Travis from How to E-Commerce. And in this episode, we're talking about paid ads. And then go into the meat of it because that's how people work. They want, they want to be enticed right away. Otherwise, they're going to click on to that next YouTube video. Another big thing I got from the VidCon was basically I want to start an editorial calendar. So a lot of different people were talking about how having an editorial calendar is really helpful. And what I mean by this is a lot of magazines, newspapers, etc. do an editorial calendar, which is basically like, all right, for the month of July, we're going to talk about this subject. For the month of August, we're going to talk about a different subject. So an example would be for the, the e-commerce YouTube channel I want to do, it might be for the month of July, we're going to talk about nothing but paid ads. For the month of August, we're going to talk all about content and you know SEO. And it basically, it gives you kind of some rhythm and it lets you know ahead of time, all right, these are the, all the different subjects we're going to talk about so you can plan accordingly. Yeah, I actually started doing this with Instagram. I did an editorial calendar last week and I have like the next 60 posts all scheduled. So every day, like 
I have alert at 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. I just post this thing. So I have all the images saved in the Dropbox. I just had to like save it to my phone, copy like the descriptions I already pre-wrote, and then paste it on Instagram. And basically, like this, it allows me to test what content's working. So I have like quotes, uh, travel photos, product photos, and celebrity photos. And it seems like quotes and travels doing pretty well. So basically, by doing this, instead of like every time you have to post thinking about oh, what am I going to post it, you have it all scheduled out and then you can then see, okay, this is hitting, this isn't hitting, this is working. And it's really easy because then I have like, I know I have like 60 posts in the bag already and it's just like copy paste like five minutes a day and like that's it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially with YouTube, they're like, oh, I don't have that many ideas. But when you kind of break it out and you look at all the different categories, it's like, oh, I have a few ideas for this and a few ideas for that. And before you know it, you have a whole list of videos you'll be able to do. And so that excuse is out the window and this is a little bit more nitty gritty that I thought was really cool, is thumbnails are effing huge. I interviewed um, a guy that was on, that does YouTube channels on my other podcast. And I asked him, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how important is a thumbnail? And he said a 10 out of 10. And on top of that, a person speaking was talking about how they split test. They released the same video at the same time. Just one had a really high quality thumbnail and the other had just kind of like the stock thumbnail that YouTube picks. And the one with the high quality thumbnail got 9,000% more views. That's 90 times more views. And it was 100% because of that thumbnail. Yeah, they say it's like a movie poster, right? Like when you look at like an Arnold Terminator poster, well, does the poster look cool? Like if it doesn't look cool, you kind of don't want to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. The, the big difference is your, it's your movie poster, your little thumbnail is among thousands of other ones. So you really need to make it stand out. And there was a couple tips that they gave on how to do that. One is eyes and faces do really well. So have a picture of your face, your eyes, you know, maybe for my videos or for the dancewear videos, it might be uh, my mom holding up close to the camera, the finished product. On top of that, they said increase the saturation by 20%. And I think it was the contrast also by 20%. I'll have to double check my notes because that kind of makes it pop a little bit more. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, if you look at the sidebar of YouTube, whenever you watch a video, you're competing against all these videos, like one out of 20, and it's like a huge click-through rate thing that actually probably can easily be overlooked. And you do need, a, I think, like a partner account to choose a custom thumbnail too, so when you register that. Yeah, so those are the big tips. I mean, uh, some text always is nice to kind of explain your video. There's a couple other little things, but my big recommendation would be look at the YouTube channels and look at the videos that you click on and see what are they doing right and see what you can do better. Yeah, there's a guy, Philip DeFranco, he does like a news channel, but he always uses like a hot girl as like the thing. And then it's always like, oh my God, hot girl slaps another hot girl, but it's like completely irrelevant. And it's just like so clickbaity to, I yeah, guess it's like that the extreme version of that. Yeah, be careful with that because it, it needs to be relevant to your content. Otherwise, um, YouTube will ding you. So in part two of the YouTube stuff, we'll talk about analytics and kind of what Travis picked up at VidCon. And kind of more of the nitty gritty stuff when you actually have a channel up and running. So I'll catch you guys next time. I think you're going to Podcast Movement too this week too, right? So we'll have to talk about that too. Yeah, I'll be going to Podcast Movement. We can talk about that. I don't know if it will be as helpful for e-commerce, though actually I do know a lot of e-commerce people that have podcasts. Yeah, so I guess we'll see about that and we'll catch up with you guys next week and talk about this later. Catch you guys next week.